Welcome to another episode of The Inquisitive Analysts. I'm your host, Marcus Udekang. It's the show where we chat with business analysts and project managers about their challenges and triumphs, their ideas, and their contribution to their field. It's inspiring, it's upbeat, it's exciting, but most of all, well, it's inquisitive. My guest today is founder of Barrielli Consulting. He is a business architect and business systems analyst consultant, and he has a YouTube channel called BA Blocks, which I must admit I've watched many, many, many episodes of his. So please help me welcome to today's show, Emil Barrielli. Welcome, Emil. Thank you for having me, Marcus. Good to be here. All right, you're welcome. Now, I have a few questions for you. So uh, are you ready? Absolutely. Let's okay, do it. Good. All right, let's do it. Yeah. So it's all going to be about business analysis. First of all, how, how did you actually get involved in business analysis? Well, uh, I've been in business analysis since I'm going to say I'm going to count it as 1999. So in 1999, I started a university program with the intention to study economics. And I overheard a conversation between two economics master's students in a cafeteria one day. And they were talking about how they're only doing their master's degrees because they couldn't find work. And right then and there, I decided economics is not for me. The very next day, I started the process of changing my major into an IT program. And uh, I haven't looked back since. So essentially, I did that IT program for your degree. And then I did a post diploma in software application development, did a master's degree in information systems, started to work as a business analyst a couple of months after graduation. And that was in 2005 when I graduated. So uh, and I've just been doing business analysis work since. So I know it's not the traditional path to getting into business analysis, because most people just kind of fall into it accidentally. But uh, mine was a, a, a very clear-cut decision that I made based on a conversation that I heard, and uh, I'm exactly where I plan to be. So, that's good. Yeah, that, that often happens that way. A, you become the accidental business analyst and become a hardcore one, like you are. So, so realistically, may, maybe you can explain to us what does a business analyst do? So business analysts, I would say that there's three broad categories of business analysis work. Uh, the main category of business analysis work is project execution. So essentially during project execution, what a business analyst does is they perform a lot of the activities and deliverable and produce a lot of the deliverables. So the activities mostly being around requirements analysis to try to help the project figure out exactly what the systems and the processes are going to look like for that project. And they basically help the, the project team implement a project. So that's, I would say that's category number two, start there because that's probably the majority of business analysis work. There's another category of business analysis work where it is mostly around supporting existing applications and business processes. So application support work, business support work type of uh, analysis work. Category number one is the one that doesn't get nearly enough attention, I think, out there, which is really around the pre-project activities that a business analyst does. And so during pre-project, essentially what you're doing is you're working closely with management to help them determine whether a certain initiative is really worth taking on, worth funding. Uh, and there are some other activities around, uh, around you know, uh, scanning the market to try to figure out whether there are external products and helping them basically manage the vendor side of things. So if I was to really describe it, I would say it's not a short description, but I'd say there's three broad categories of business analysis work and a business analyst can work across any one or oftentimes you can work across multiple different categories of work, even being in the same role. Yeah, it's kind of cool that you mentioned that because I know there's traditionally you might say, ah, oh, there's a lot of business analysts that fit here. And they, they don't know that there's there's an entire wide gamut where they can, you know, they can be flexible. So I think that's kind of that's cool. Right. Yeah, that's right. You know, that's cool. That's right. 
So your, your company, um, Barrielli Consulting, provides services in a number of different areas, like, for example, replatforming projects. So what yes. does replatforming projects encompass? Yeah, so a replatforming project is essentially the type of project that a, an organization takes on when they realize the technology platform that they're on is outdated and there are a number of different challenges that exist that kind of prompt the organization to get off of that platform, right? So we can, that's a whole conversation that we can have around why management want to do that. But what a replatforming project essentially is, is that the organization makes that decision and essentially what the project team has to do now is to shift the organization off of that old platform into a new platform. And uh, there are a lot of activities, depending on the size and the scope of the existing platform, there's a lot of different activities that a business analyst can take part in on that type of a project. So it's essentially basically replatforming uh, an application system process from one place uh, in, in, in uh, providing the organization with a shiny new systems and processes to work with. So the, the as is and the to be, we're gonna be you know, transitioning from here to there and a lot of change management involved too. So yeah, quite complex. Absolutely, absolutely. Complex. And 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 th these conversations, like every one of these things that we're talking about can be a 30 minute episode onto themselves. So <laughs> we're just kind of skimming the surface here. Hopefully yeah, uh, the audience here is kind of getting a good sampling of what it is that a business analyst actually does. Yeah. Well, that's good, that's good. Okay, so explain a bit about the integration projects and the data cleansing and, and uh, migration projects that, that Barrielli Consulting offers. So integration and data migration projects, all the, all the different types of projects we've talked about, platforming, integration, and data migration, they can actually be part of the same initiative. And so, for example, the example that we just talked about where an organization has to move off of an existing platform, that's called typically a replatforming project. But a lot of times what you have to do is you have to migrate out the existing data, the business data that exists in that application and move it into another system. And that process in itself can be a, a really a, a, another major work stream as part of, a, a, of an existing project. Uh, the, on the integration side of things, typically what uh, an organization has when uh, they're managing their applications is that they have a lot of applications that don't live in isolation from one another, right? They're all intertwined. So if your finance system, for example, is connected to your, uh, to your HR system that's connected to your reporting systems, et cetera, right? Anytime you're doing that kind of a migration, typically what you have to do is you have to untangle all of those different interfaces that the existing system has. You have to rebuild all of those, uh, those connections to the existing platform that they have. And so that's kind of the, uh, the integration part of a certain project. Yeah, cool, yeah, there's always that, that issue with a business analyst where, oh, I wanna make this change here, I'm gonna make this quick. No, you don't, because it's going to affect so many other areas that you're not familiar with unless you investigate and start asking questions. That's right. That's right. And at an enterprise level, I would say that things can get so complex, especially because of the fact that there is integration that's involved for many enterprise level applications that the amount of analysis work oftentimes tends to get uh, let's just say underestimated for a lack of better word. And so what to management can sometimes look like a fairly simple migration from one to another uh, type of a platform from an analyst's perspective, project manager's perspective or developer's perspective can be years of work whereas management will sometimes think maybe, you know what, this should be three, four months max. And the purpose of doing pre-project work uh, as an analyst is really to help management refine their own understanding, right? 
you mentioned the as is. The as is is a very important exercise for an analyst to go through because it helps to really communicate the actual complexity of their existing situation so that when they start to try to figure out what the budget for a new project is, they're doing it based on actual information that they have. They know exactly what the system is. They know exactly what the interfaces are. And that significantly reduces the risk of an organization underestimating, under budgeting their projects. That's very much true. Yeah. So let's let's take a look at this agile scrum, big thing. So what, what are the biggest challenges in switching from a traditional project management approach to scrum? Like how does that affect business analysis work? This is one of my favorite topics to talk about. And so I would say that, um, the biggest challenge I would say is not really for a business analyst or a project manager themselves. I think the challenge of migrating from a traditional project execution approach to agile really has to do with the uh, knowledge that management of the organization has and the understanding that they have of what agile actually is and what type of things they should expect when, when they're trying to make that switch from traditional to agile, because many uh, managers out there, many executives out there will oftentimes invest into an agile initiative, having based a lot of their decisions and a lot of their understanding uh, off of the marketing material that exists around agile without really understanding what their infrastructure or their actual development methodologies in the organization are. And that can create a lot of uh, issues because their expectation of what they're getting doesn't always match their reality. So I think the challenge starts there. But once that initiative kind of starts to get going, you and comes down into the organization and starts affecting a project, there are a whole suite of different challenges that we're actually, I'm actually producing a video series called When Agile Goes Wrong to talk about each and every single one of these types of issues that don't often get talked about uh, in, in our profession. Uh, but I would say that at a project execution level, one of the biggest ones really is, is the accountability gap, uh, especially when you're trying to implement something like Scrum, for example, what tends to happen is, is that you bring in a Scrum master whose role uh, based on the Scrum guide is significantly different than what a traditional project manager would do. If the uh, executives in the organization don't understand that fact and they just really try to replace the project manager with a scrum master, creates massive, massive accountability gap that if nobody fills can really com completely derail a project. And so uh, I've been on in such situations multiple times. There are certain corrective actions that analysts can take or project managers can take or other managers can take to try to uh, prevent that from happening. But I would say, the, that accountability gap is probably one of the one of the one of the biggest pitfalls. Yeah, actually, that probably would also apply for a business analyst moving to a product owner. It's like a huge jump. I know that the the roles kind of overlap a bit, but there's mm -hmm. like you said, there's that gap you kind of have to fill, you know, with with training. That's kind of cool. That's right. That's so, right. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah. No. Go ahead. Go I was ahead. just going to elaborate a little bit, but I'll. I'll, yeah, I'll yeah. No. I'll, no. Go ahead. Yeah. Oh well, I was going to say just on that, just on that product. Uh, owner role is again it's it's another one of these roles that scrum says that you just have a product owner that does certain things right in a traditional organization typically the role of the product owner is kind of distributed right there it's mm -hmm. scrum assumes that one person can be the product owner because they assume that there's a single person in the organization that can make all of the decisions uh, for what the product should have and more importantly that that person also holds the budget Typically in most organizations, most projects, there's usually a business stakeholder who really is the customer who will decide what the nature of the product is, but the budget is typically held somewhere else. 
typically by the project manager or by an IT manager somewhere else. And you can see that automatically just right off the bat, the fact that Scrum says there should be one product owner, you can see how big of a mismatch that that has in a traditional organization because you now have the product owner role split between two different people. And now you're expecting the business analyst to now come in and do all of those th all of those different things, right? Yeah. Uh, a lot of these things don't get talked about. And I think that when management tries to implement Agile and they don't really kind of um, force fit it or they don't really... Uh, uh, adjust it to fit their own uh, organizations. They try to implement it in a pure way. It creates a lot of problems inside an organization. Yeah, no, that, that's true. And actually, I've, I've heard of organizations saying, wait a minute, we've got Agile now or Scrum and we don't need a business analyst. I've, I've, I've heard that. Oh, that's right. That's a, yeah. such a common story that gets yeah. told out there. And, and again, I think that the symptoms, uh, I mean, these are some of the symptoms, right? But it's a lot of, it's the lack of education that executives have, right? Is that there's a lot of marketing hype around agile. It's really considered to be the next big thing. And with anything that has that kind of hype around it, there's going to be a lot of misinformation, unfortunately. Agile tends to have really good salespeople who know how to get into the executive. To, they get to the executives, yeah. they sell their initiative, and when they start to try to implement it, all kinds of problems ensue. Yeah. So it's the yeah. unfortunate fact that we all have to deal with as, as practitioners. So, so, that, so that brings us actually to uh, Agile software development uh, as well. So, so yeah. what, what, are, what are some, I mean, you mentioned a few, but maybe you can explain a bit more of the pitfalls that exist when implementing into an enterprise environment using Agile. Yeah, and you know, I'll pick another pitfall that's very specifically developer focus, right? So, typically, uh, when you're uh, when an organization goes agile, let's say a software company that is, let's say, putting out a product like Instagram is one I like to use sometimes, Gmail or Instagram. Let's use Instagram. Instagram has uh, it's a product that has a certain structure to it, both from a customer's point of view and from a developer's point of view, right? Enterprise organizations are not anything like an Instagram because in Instagram, you can basically put a product owner who makes a lot of the major decisions on behalf of the users because the users are all consumers. They're not internal to your organization. In an enterprise level organ uh, a a solution, you typically have uh, a very large system that has multiple customers, right? You have multiple customers with competing priorities. And when you try to slice up a, uh, a system like that into a product backlog, for example, you start to immediately run into problems because the first thing you'll hear your art architect or your software developer say is that, look, where's the architecture happening? You either give me a list of user stories that kind of describes to me what some of the users want, but where is the actual uh, critical mass of the system get built? How do we build out the, uh, the state machine, for example, is something that most architects is their part of the job to do. It gets reflected nowhere in the product backlog because of the fact that uh, the uh, agile development assumes that you don't even need a state machine, right? And so from a developer's point of view, if I was to kind of try to bring their perspective into it, I would say that there's a lot of architectural work that doesn't get captured in user stories. There is a lot of uh, underground decisions that they have to make uh, as architects that don't really fit in anywhere and they tend to get overlooked. And again, that's another, uh, another major symptom of, of trying to implement Agile in a traditional organization. Fascinating. Um... What's the best approach for a business analyst to build a skills plan? Uh, I would say for business analysts who are trying to enter into the BA profession, what I uh, typically recommend is to 
try to block out as much of the noise as you possibly can around what everybody's saying, maybe on LinkedIn, on YouTube, et cetera. There's some good advice out there, but uh, I would say that uh, for you to independently build your own skills development plan, the best way to do it is to start scanning job applications or job postings rather, uh, start scanning all the job postings to figure out exactly what employers are looking for. The types of jobs that you want to apply for in a year or so, that's the type of job posting you should be looking at right now and you should you should be going through it and uh, figuring out exactly what kind of skills they need and reverse engineering that into a skills development plan because there's a lot of advice out there that will try to tell you, hey, you should learn use cases, you should learn X, Y, Z. At the end of the day, uh, the employer is the one that's going to make the decision on who they're going to hire and all of that information actually exists, right? What employers are looking for, it's it's plain. It's, in, it's lying in plain sight. It's in all of those job postings. Scour as many of them as you can. Try to figure out which one of those types of job postings appeal to you and build a collection of those and basically try to reverse engineer the skills and qualifications that they're looking for into a development plan for yourself and then start learning those skills one by one. Yeah, and I think the other thing is to, can you articulate what it is you do in a few sentences, right. what is it you do? Or, you know, uh, what, 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 tell me a bit about John. Boom, you can just kick it out in a couple of minutes. You know, good summary. That's right. Yeah, that's right. So that's, that's good. Right. Yeah, fantastic. So your company runs the BA Blocks community. You run courses, you run a podcast. Explain a bit about these. What, what's all these about? Well, our community is the place where people come to try to uh, get answers to a lot of the types of questions that you're asking here right now, right? Hey, what kind of skills should I learn? What kind of, uh, how can I become a business analyst? A lot of those types of questions get asked inside of our community. And so I spend quite a bit of time doing video responses to our community members and doing you know detailed text responses to try to help everybody kind of understand the profession a little bit better. And so we're up to 2000 members so far, which has completely uh, blown me away. I had no idea that we would have that many people joining us, uh, but that's basically our community. Our courses are uh, the courses that I have a, a detailed curriculum for what it is that I believe business analysts should be learning. And I'm putting together that uh, that curriculum already exists, but I'm starting to build out a lot of the courses. So, so far we have a course on the fundamentals of business analysis. We have a course to teach um, analysts how to use Visio effectively in workshops because I believe Visio is one of the key tools that analysts should use. Uh, and we also just launched, uh, late last year, we launched our, uh, our requirements and specifications course with teachers. Uh, it's an eight-week intensive course. It's not for the uh, faint of heart uh, because there's a lot of volume of uh, complex information. But essentially what we do in that course is we teach analysts how to produce requirements and functional specifications. More importantly, why they're doing the things that they're doing. Fantastic. And how can one join this, these communities if they want to? Uh, anybody can just go head over to bablocks.com and uh, just click on the community link. And there's uh, a, there's a process that you can go through to uh, to get uh, to get um, your your free membership inside of our community. That uh, membership has been free for the last two years, but it is not going to be free forever. So I'd recommend that if you're interested in joining a community like that. Now is the time to do it because it is completely free of charge if you join right now and uh, it will remain free for you for forever if you join now. I think the important thing to mention too is, and that goes back to my question about skills plan, this is one way to build a skills plan. Get part of that BA community, Box community, take those courses, you know, listen to those podcasts, 
and you know and really immerse yourself in that community you know that's how you learn that's how you learn fast yeah you have to live eat and breathe this material to really let it sink in like i said i've been doing this i i get to say since 1999 right i've been living eating and breathing business analysis trying to create the type of space where others can come in and do that for themselves so yeah. cool you know, my, my father just out of curiosity, my father used to tell me, you want to know, so, you want to learn something well, son, when you sleep and you get up, at, you know, if I wake you up in the middle of the night and I ask you what's business analysis, you should be able to tell me just like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Without, without any yeah. hesitation. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's uh, right. That's right. So anyway, that's, that's how well you should do it. All right. Yeah, so, yeah, so great. let's talk, some, some business analysts are sort of uh, geared toward a specific area. For example, like Salesforce business analysis or SAP. Let's talk about SAP for a bit. What area in SAP should business analysts focus on if, if they want to get in there and, and why? Um, SAP, uh, so I can give you some general guidance on, on how to tackle that question. I'm by no means an SAP expert, but I have worked with it uh, quite frequently through all the projects that I've had. So if you're interested in getting into SAP, I would say that what you want to do is you want to start focusing on the products that they're starting to offer that are in the cloud now. So SAP as a software vendor is making a very heavy push. They've put some deadlines uh, for their existing products that they have for their clients to force their clients to move to the cloud. And the cloud is where the strategy is going. So for example, if you're interested in the HR domain, you wanna make sure that you learn success factors. For example, is the suite of applications that they have that handles everything that is HR related. So. Um, that is, I would say that anything that you do learn with SAP should be on their next generation of products on their S4 HANA platform uh, to make sure that you uh, are building your skills uh, on a platform that has a, a great future. Uh, so it, it, with that said now, SAP is such a massive organization, but uh, they have so many different products that no single person can really learn everything inside out. Even within HR, there are experts in certain modules inside of HR so that even if you jump into HR and let's say, for example, you become a payroll expert, that, that can take you 10 years to learn inside out, right? And there are people who've been doing uh, payroll for 20, 30, 40 years. So a lot of complexity there. Really just try to make sure you're looking at the next generation of whatever, whatever area that you're looking at. What I would recommend, again, is job postings. There's so much information in your area, right? It's very specific to, uh, to every area. If you live out in Alberta, for example, and you there's a whole huge oil industry out there, are there products that SAP offers specifically for that industry? If I was living in Alberta, I would just do a scan of all the job postings that they have for those types of roles in the area where I live. I would reverse engineer that into a skills development plan and voila, now I know exactly which SAP module to specialize in because you know, there's 15 different organizations in my city that have already implemented it. Fantastic. So, you know, big question. If anyone wants to, in the audience wants to get in touch with you, how can they do so? I would say inside of our community is probably the best way to get my attention. I'm also on LinkedIn, uh, but I spend the majority of my time inside of our community just answering questions for our community members. So head over to vablocks.com, uh, get your free membership reach out to me. Uh, there's a little icon right up at the top inside of our community that, that, you know, it's like a messenger icon. You can just click on that, type in my name, and you can start messaging me inside of our community. Fantastic. It's been great talking to you, Mal. A lot of information here. I know we're just sort of skimming the surface of all this stuff. 
uh, uh, how, how much can you pack in 20 minutes, you know? So <laughs> I, I, I thank you very much for your time and for, for all of your information. And uh, if anyone wants to get in touch with you, they certainly know how I would recommend, highly recommend, join the BA Blocks community. Thank you, Marcus, and thank you for having me. Well, thanks, and hopefully the weather in Toronto treats you well. Yeah, better than it's been for the last couple of days. That's I'm looking <laughs> That's forward for to sure. it. <laughs> yeah. Probably a lot better than out here. Yeah. All right. Okay. okay take care. Have a great time. Bye. You too. Bye.